Hey, this is Raphael Gordon, better known as Rod Gore, and I'm here on World of Speakers with my man, Ryan Folan. And you know, we just had the most amazing interview. We talked about books publishing. We talked about how to how to pitch yourself to be a, a speaker, not just not locally and nationally, but internationally. We talked about everything under the sun to make sure that you can shine on your platform and be able to monetize it in the best way possible. So if you are looking to go to the next level as a speaker, as a writer, and be able to make sure that you're not only here for the now, but here for the future, this is the interview for you. So check it out, my man, Ryan Foley, World of Speakers. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast, brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. Welcome to another episode of The World of Speakers, where we find people who are speaking around the world to bring information to you about how you can do the same, how you can improve your speaking and presentation skills, and then the ultimate goal of figuring out how to monetize it. Today, we have a good friend of mine who I met in Portugal while we were speaking around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Rafael Gordon. <laughs> so glad to have you. So, yeah. glad to, so glad to be here, bro. So glad. Well, I'm glad that you're glad to have you and me too, right? That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Rafael, for people who do not have you on their radar, Yes. This is a good chance for them to meet you. And I, I'm honest when I say you're one of the most humble and most inspirational people I've ever come across. And our conversations, I always value. So I'm excited for everybody listening here. And tell us, you know, where it all started. What is your story? Mm, thank you. So uh, humble beginnings. I'm born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and I am the oldest out of four boys, uh, no sisters. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up knowing what it's like to have mom and dad in the household and things of that nature. But along the way, my parents separated and my mom ended up had to take care of four boys on her own. And in the midst of her doing that, uh, we experienced being homeless in the North. So we went from being in a household where, you know, you had three meals a day to literally just kind of sleeping you know, from house to house to shelters and even sometimes in the car. And um, And along the way, as I got into high school, you know, for me being the first in my immediate family to, one, graduate from high school and go off to college, it was a little bit difficulties, but I, I there was a lot of life lessons along the way. But when I got to college, you know, it was a, it was a very um, new experience and very, you know, life-changing for me because I only knew specifically like Newark, New Jersey or within the tri-state area. I didn't travel so much. My first plane ride was at the age of 22. And um, but when I got to college, you know, I kind of, you know, started to explore. But during my time of exploration as a, you know, going into my my 20s, I lost my brothers, one to the prison system. The other one, he lost his life. He was murdered. And then the other brother, he ended up leaving the state. And so I was left by myself trying to figure out what should I do with myself. And I decided to kind of use entrepreneurship as a way to come up out of poverty and to try to heal the wounds by, you know, creating this network of not just uh, business partners, but just also to be able to attract uh, people who will be uh, along the way become friends for a lifetime. And so I kind of used all the lessons that I've accumulated from me going through that experience as a young, a young kid to a young adult 
um, and try to share those those lessons along with along and through entrepreneurship and as well as a, as being an orator around the world. Wow, that's a it's a powerful story. And, you know, the one thing I always tell people is that that's the one thing you own is your story. And you have decided to take a positive direction and really use your experience to help influence and educate other people to what pretty much avoid that or, or lift mm-hmm. them up. What What is your what is your main messages of inspiration that you travel around sharing? Yeah. So one of the quotes that I, I tell everyone is that your location is not your destination. And I firmly believe I use my life as the example or the embodiment of that quote, because it's true for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're coming from the most impoverished areas in the world to, you know, to the most affluent community in the world. Like your location is not your destination and where you are today, you know, you don't have to be there tomorrow and you have you can make that decision. And so my thing is to just look at everything and see where you could fulfill certain voids and also where you could be the most amazing servant, because whether you are an orator or if you are a entrepreneur or a teacher, a doctor, a beautician, you know, even a janitor, like you are a servant. You're here in this world helping someone or serving someone, whether it's through your life story or just through something that you created to put out in the market, um, as well as to tell a story or give a lesson on a public speaking platform. Well, you you are the embodiment of that quote because your, uh, you know, your destination has been expanding, uh, and you know, yeah. talk about your transition from you know your first flight in your early twenties to now. Every time I see you, you're in a different country, <laughs> speaking somewhere. Like it's kind of a big transition. How did that happen? Yeah. So my senior year in college, I um, I had spent an extra two years in school. I should have, my friends always have this joke. They say, you, you spent more time in your undergrad. You should have had your PhD by then. <laughs> so we, we always laugh about that. But my senior year, um, I had about four or five classes left. It was like one semester pretty much. And But what happened was all my friends were graduating. And one of my friends asked me, he says to me, um, you know, Rod, like you're doing, you're hosting all these amazing, you know, parties on the campus with your business, but you know, you got to graduate. You got to, you know, you got to do something, you know, you got to go to the next level. And so there was something in me that was itching and it was something like, I wanted to see what was beyond where I've always seen as the normal. Like I wanted to go into the land of unknown and I just didn't know what that looked like, what, where that would be. And so what happened was I ended up leaving school. I, I left my last semester, I left school and um, I had this idea about why isn't there any like public speakers who are as young and as cool as like a Steve Jobs or Jay-Z or Bill Gates. And so I said, why not? Why not me? And so when I took my flight, I thought Los Angeles was that place to be. So I flew out to L.A. and I was 22 at the time. And I left. And I, when I got to L.A., I just traveled. I, I, I drove uh, the car all throughout uh, Beverly Hills and, you know, all in the hills everywhere. And so. One of this, this guy says, well, actually, my cousin who lived out there, she was a choreographer, a background dancer for a lot of the like a lot of the musicians. And so she gives me a key to her apartment and she says to me, from this point on, you're no longer local. You're going to be considered bi-coastal. And mm. I said, bi-coastal? She says, yeah. She said that what that means is you now have a place on two different coasts and you don't have to be confined to one area. So now when you think of things, think of everything being on a global or on a national, on a national scale. And that opened my mind up so much because here I am as a kid from the inner city who now took his first airplane ride at the age of 22 to Los Angeles. And I get a key to an apartment 
and my cousin telling me I'm bi-coastal. And so I took that and I ran with it. I mean, I literally ran with it. And, um, and, and ever since when I got back to, got back to New Jersey, everything changed for me. My mind, my entire, my mind shift. I started to, to look for other books that was, you know, dealing with how can I, you know, expand my business to Los Angeles. So everything was always about LA and New York. And that's what actually propelled me to push forward to start with the traveling. And then uh, two years later, I decided to run out the New Jersey Performing Arts Center, which is actually this month of this year, makes exactly 10 years ago, that I wow. uh, I rented out the theater and um, I actually sold it out. And it was on September 21st, 2007. And when I did my, my, my lecture, it just, you know, that was it. Like I knew based upon the people that were tearing up for me telling my story to the people that was excited about going for their dreams, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I never looked back ever, ever since. Wow. But that's a, I love your mentality shift from a s- small area to automatically becoming bi-coastal. And then it sounds like that spread to an international. And I know you've done work with the United Nations. I mean, we yeah. met in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it to have that larger perspective when it comes to your potential reach for speakers that maybe have traction in their state or their nation, you know, would you suggest that having this global mentality is a key part for anybody coming up in the speaking ranks? Absolutely. And the reason why I say that is because um, it's all about growth and it's all about expansion. Um, Your story has to transcend. I think that anyone that is able to influence a small group can have the capabilities and the potential to also um, inspire and influence a larger group. And the more that you expand, the more that you go into, you know, on a global perspective, the more your story and the more of your content becomes much more valuable. And it also gets more in depth because going into other countries, you also get a chance to understand how, how well and how, how connected we are. And sometimes we, you know, in the beginning, I didn't realize I would always think that, well, if I go out to another country, they may not understand my story. They may not understand these lessons because they, they didn't grow up in my community or, you know, maybe they, they're not embodying entrepreneurship or leadership the way that we do here. But I was totally wrong because my first flight Actually, my first flight was to Mexico and to do a leadership conference for entrepreneurship. And I literally knocked it out the park. And I mean, like the the response was so huge that it even shocked me. And so that was like my aha moment, realizing that, wait a minute, I can go beyond just the U.S. I can go into Latin America and I'm going to Europe and really, you know, make it a, a, a imprint. I can leave my my fingerprints as well. But so I think as a as an orator, as a speaker, it's important that you think globally, but also you want to lock down your local market. Like you want to make sure that, you know, where you start at, you have, you know, that's home base and home base has to always be taken care of. And, you know, because um, something uh, very short I can share is that um, I had an opportunity to uh, meet Jay-Z um, indirectly um, when he was president of Def Jam. And this young kid who um, happened to was waiting for Jay-Z as well outside, he beat me to the punch. And so Jay was talking to him about, you know, what it would take for him to be a great rapper. And so while I'm sitting there listening, Jay told the young kid that if you want to be successful, he said, if you want to make an impression, you have to uh, lock down. You got to make sure that your hometown is taken care of, because if you fail 
and you're in a, in a market or in, a, in an environment that's totally different and foreign from your own, at least you can always go back home and you can regroup and you can always get the support because everyone there knows what you're trying to do. And so I, I took that with me wherever I go is that no matter, I know that I'm locally, you know, influencing, but to, I have to always think global because at some point, you know, you, it'll all connect the dots. And so now I realize like, you know, how important it is to be global. And plus, we use all global tools, all the social media, you know, even the stuff that we use, all our apps. These are all global tools and global platforms. So it's it's like a no brainer to think globally, even if you are starting off locally. So I get this. I'm hearing you say lock down your hometown. No, wait. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that had a yeah. nice little Jay-Z rhyme to it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah lock down your hometown. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, the other thing I think is inspiring about what you've done is you've not only uh, you've traveled and spoken, but you're transcribing, not literally transcribing, but you're also translating your thoughts and opinions into books. And when I met you and I, I you know, asked for a business card, you're like, hey, bro, you know, a bookmark's a new business card. No, mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait. What is it? You said, <laughs> you said uh, the book is your new business card and the business card is a new bookmark. And there I'm like, there we go. I think I even, <laughs> I think I even drew that one on my Instagram uh, figures. <laughs> yeah. So tell sure us did. quickly, tell us quickly about that. I mean, you're, how many books have you written now? Uh, 14. I got Ooh. 14 books and I already got one done and it's just sitting there waiting to come out. <laughs> awesome. And so like, how, how is that, I guess, added to your story, right? Because now you're a speaker, but you're also an author and we can talk sort of in the third segment about how that's helped to monetize, but just from uh, building your brand and the value that being an author has also created, how did you decide to do that? Did somebody encourage you to? Was it just a natural transition? Well, I didn't. I didn't think of ever being an author. I, I always thought that writing a book was just too much. It was a lot of work and a lot of time. It was time consuming. So I kind of just left it in the back of my head. But when I was, uh, I got. I had a TV deal and I, and I ended up losing it because I got injured. But uh, but between the me the, between the time of me losing this this TV show deal, I was always going back and forth to Los Angeles. And so there was a young woman by the name of Tova who said to me, "You know, you got an amazing story, and I think that because you can't do this TV show, this may be the great opportunity for you to speak. But not only speak, but also to complement it with a book." So I was like, I don't know, you know, this this book thing, you know, I've thought about it, but it's, it seems too hard. And so her thing was to write up, like write up, just write a page a day, and just think of different things and topics that would be inspiring to other individuals. And so I would do that, and that was like my, my first book. And because the way that I wanted to be market, uh, be marketed, she couldn't, she didn't have the financial capability. So she showed me how to actually start my own publishing company, which I did back in 2006, 2007. And from there, um, I, every year, pretty much I've been publishing a book and, and it's been, it's been interesting because I always would assume that this is my last book. And every time I say that, the five, a couple months later, I got an idea because I traveled to a particular country or this particular conversation has inspired me. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's no book on this? Wait, we got to do a book on this. Or, you know, so, and I'm always writing. I love writing. I'm always, I have a journal. I write in my journal almost every day or when I have the opportunity to. So, but writing for me is so beneficial because when you are out and about, 
and someone asks you for a business card and giving them the book, you know, it's it's something about a book. It's co- it's the content that's in it. It's you know, it's the it's showing like the work, you know, and the effort put in. You know, it's something about getting a good book. Like one of my favorite books is like Good to Great by um, Jim Collins. And so, you know, when you look at that, but imagine meeting Jim and he's giving you like, hey, you know, here's my here's my book. It's like it's not like you, you're not getting just his contact, but you're getting this knowledge and this information that sometimes schools don't even provide for you or you're getting someone's experience and that you can actually use and knowledge, knowledge that you can use to help you get to the next level. So for you to share your information along with your with your contacts, so sharing your content and your contacts, you know, it's, it's like it's being a great servant. It's being a great orator because, you know, there's nothing like the written word and the written word will never go out of style. It's something that has always documented generations. And as a orator, as a speaker, you have to be aware that when you leave out of a room, you leave, but there should be your word should be implant, um, should be still there. And sometimes the book can be that representation for you, even when you're not there. I love it. That's great. All right. So let's transition into the part of the show where we get your tips and tricks for speaking for this. I love how you say an orator, an oratate. Is oration a word? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can make it one. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll make it. Up. So, you know, if you had a chance to to meet with somebody and they were looking for advice on how to better share their message from a mechanic standpoint, right? What are some right. of the best tips that you have? I mean, maybe the top three that we can work through that you feel are high impact at most any level of speaking, or are there little nuances that you help people to really? revolutionize the way they share their message. Absolutely. So uh, one of, one thing that I always, of course, is, is having a book is one way to do that because based upon the topic, like I think it's important to know what you are good at, like what you're good at speaking about. And so, you know, if, if your topic is leadership, pinpoint it. Is it going to be global leadership? Is it going to be uh, executive leadership? Whatever it may be, you need to own it. And so whether you are one creating a blog that literally talks about that, so maybe twice out the week you're doing, you're, you're sharing um, some updates or some great uh, resources and references to that particular topic. You know, you may be sharing, um, sharing your thoughts about it and then also kind of backing that up with some some solid references. So that's one way of doing like blogging. So you may want to have like your own website and it has your own blog there, using your social media to kind of share your your bits and pieces with your your fellow um friends on social media, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, or for that case. Another thing is also with your book. Books are really good in terms of also with with attracting clients and people to bring you uh, about to conferences because it's something because it's because people get the chance to actually see what you're about. They get the chance to to read through it, whether it's you telling your story or if it's, you know, you giving advice and certain methods and tips and tabs for that. So a book is one, blogging is one, and also just making guests, being a guest writer on a lot of on other platforms or being a guest speaker at other events that will be able to highlight you into an audience. Because as a speaker, the most powerful marketing tool is word of mouth. You can have the the most amazing marketing tools, meaning flyers. You can have the most amazing website, whatever the case may be. But when you go on that stage and you speak, there's always between three to five potential bookings there. And if you're not hitting it out the park, no matter how awesome the image look, you will not get booked. 
So it's important to make sure that you know your content, know it well, and sometimes, you know, and share your time. Like, you know, I always say give 10% of your time. So for me, I do at least one to two engagements pro bono for particular platforms that I know that would that probably don't have the the financial uh, means to, to book me to speak. But I know that the audience will benefit from it. And I know that there may be individuals in that audience that may be able to book me the way that I way I deserve or whatever I price myself to be in the near future. Okay, so that's that's a lot of awesome stuff. I love that we're asking a a speaking tip and you are first transitioning to writing. And what I'm hearing is that by deciding what a book is that you would write or blogging or creating consistent content, really, it's helping you focus on what you want to be speaking about. Correct. And I love that because oftentimes you think like, well, what am I going to speak about? And if you don't translate it to paper, you you know, it's hard to share via social media talking points, right? Because they're in your head. So you're taking these talking points, putting them into actual blogs or writing that gives you a chance to get feedback from your target audience. And it really Mm -hmm. is a foundation of leaving more value as a servant when you're speaking. Correct. And I, I think listening back to how you were intimidated by a book, I believe most people are intimidated by a book, but this idea of a little bit every day can make the book monster go away, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> True indeed. And you want to also think about like, I'm, I'm always big on filming yourself as a speaking tip. Like you definitely want to make sure that when wherever you speak that you are getting recorded. And just like any athlete, when you are done speaking your home, you want to critique yourself. You want to make sure that your body language is proper. You want to make sure that, you know, when you are like they always say that, you know, it's one thing to speak, but your body is the exclamation point to your sentences. So if you are speaking, however, your body reacts is the icing on the cake. So you want to make sure that, you know, your appearance is proper. You want to make sure that, you know, when you're the way you give eye contact and how you interact with the crowd, that you're observing that because every each each time that you speak, you want to be better than your last uh, keynote. And so and that's very, very important. You know, you want to be able to highlight those tips on like, you know, when you're having a video, like a video blog, you, can, you know, instead of you, if you don't want to do, if you're not good with writing, then, you know, do a video blog, do a two minute or under video blog about your content and you can, you know, transcribe it and have it as, um, you know, have the text on, the, on, on your video as well. But, you know, but you want to be able to speak to speak to your audience the way that they can consume it properly. You know, so so but you want to make make sure that you're sharp with what you're speaking, because image is also important uh, with your speaking. All right. And, I, and again, I love this, how a the speaking tip is to watch yourself speak, which gives you the ability to polish. And it's not saying that you're good or bad. It's saying, how can you strive to be better? And I think that's huge because when it comes to speaking, it's it's one of those skills that gets better each time you do it. And the conundrum is that you've got to do more of it to get better at it. But a way to accelerate it, you're saying, is to videotape yourself and actually sit there, get some popcorn and watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Watch the movie happen. <laughs> <laughs> you are the star of your own movie. And you know, when it comes to writing, some people aren't comfortable with writing and they're maybe thinking, well, I want to speak. Perfect example of a easy, low-hanging fruit to do some sort of a video blog with your thoughts, two minutes or less, and the market will validate whether they like that. And that's a great thing about sharing on social. And I've seen you do a really good job at this where you're sharing snippets or sharing ideas and you get mm-hmm. feedback. And then that feedback creates better content for you uh, when it comes to it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm big on that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's all about, you know, it's not about me. It's about what my, you know, my followers, my consumers want. And so I just want to make sure that I present it in the best package possible. So, you know, I'm always big about, I like, even in my DMs, I would take 30 people and send them, like, my title of my next seminar or my next book and say, hey, guys, what's the, what's the top three that you guys like? And whatever the majority is they, they, that leans towards whatever title or cover or the color I go with that because I, it's, again, it's not about me. It's about how can I serve them better with the content that I have? Because it's all about just packaging. Like, you know, the content well. Like, as a speaker, you know what you're going to talk about. You know, no one knows your story better than you. No one knows your content better than you. But when it comes to like, how do they, how are they going to consume it? It's better to know, do they like milkshakes? Do they like soda? And you, your thing is to kind of make sure that you put that content in the right cup possible so that the majority of it can, can, can take it down as quick as possible. I love that visual of a, an actual cup that a consumer has. And before pouring in whatever you came to serve, ask them what they want first, go back in the kitchen, make it, bring it back out on stage and serve it up. There you go. That's all you got to do. All right. So one thing I want to share with everyone, and I want you to elaborate on how it fits into your brand and your success, is the fact that you are probably one of the most stylist stylish speakers up there like you you look <laughs> so slick you're like rocking a three-peach suit like everything shines the buff like, <laughs> like every time i see you it's when you're on stage and, and i've seen you up on stage so you know maybe we'll be in our regular clothes we'll be hanging out and we're in portugal mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you come out of like there's like smoke behind you and it's like <laughs> the lights dim and then it comes on and everybody turns around they're like who is it? No, what is that? Oh my God. And you just like, you got your swag strut and you're just like, damn. everybody's like, damn, I'm serious. And it shows in all your pictures online. And you know, you're, you're the ones that uh, are you in front of all these amazing places, people and cars and things. But talk to me about your conscious choice for your image when it comes mm. to speaking. So I, I, I have this thing, like I love, Bruce Wayne and I love James Bond and I love this whole superhero thing about being Batman. And I think that it's important to know that like when you like your attire, like it's your uniform. So, you know, for me, I just love I love feeling like Bruce Wayne as an entrepreneur. But when I speak and when I present to the crowd, I'm Batman because my power is my content. It's my voice. It's the way that I connect with people. And so for me is I want to be able to to just I just love it. Like I just love feeling like, you know, it's all about how, where you feel comfortable and how what makes you what makes your swag sharp. Like some there could be moments where some people may love wearing Converse's blue jeans and a T-shirt and that's their swag and that's their style. But it has to make sure that it brings it makes it, it for me. It's like it's all about what makes you so confident that even if you trip up on your word, it doesn't even matter. It's not even going to hold you back. And so for me, I love that that way of me saying, okay, I'm about to be James Bond. When I go on this stage, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to lay it down right. I'm going to make sure people walk out of here inspired, ready to go all the way in. So the uniform is what gets my con- gets me so ready so that when I go on that stage, I, I don't even want to say anything. It's just you can feel it. And so, um, so uniforms are very important. You know, if you think about a lot of the speakers, you can take, for example, like I'm big again on entrepreneurship, but Steve Jobs, like his uniform was just simple sneakers, blue jeans, and he had the black shirt, but like that was simple, you know, but that was his swag. That was him. And you knew that he was comfortable that way. And when he presented to the crowd, he knew what he was presenting was awesome. 
but it's all about what makes you comfortable and what makes you feel like you're a superhero on the stage. And that's my thing. Like, I just, you know, because at the end of the day, it's what do you, how do you serve and what, and how do you serve and what do you serve them in? Hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because you could have the same message delivered from a standpoint of confidence versus lack of confidence. Or what you're saying is get out there and put your your actual superhero outfit on, whatever that may be. And it just mm-hmm. is one less thing to distract from your performance and one thing to leverage. Like you realize you're on stage and we've all had those moments where you're like, ah, I'm here. Yeah. And you're like mm-hmm. almost conscious of that moment. But it's like you look down and you all of a sudden you're in a three piece suit and like you, you just sort of you, you have that superpower, the speaking superpower hero uniform. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it really ties back into that brand. And, you know, when somebody sees you speak, there's this inspirational message about humble beginnings. But visually from someone who is just straight up pimped out classy James Bond style. And it, mm-hmm. I really think it elevates the the way people perceive and receive that message. Yeah. And you got to remember, too, that especially visually, like two things, you know, even though people, you know, it's just a human nature that people tend to prejudge because, you know, they, the first thing they see is not words. They see clothing, they see facial structure, they see hair, they see all these different colors. So, you know, one thing is for sure is that when people look at pictures, you know, pictures are worth a thousand words. So it's important to know that when you are, when pictures are being taken of you and they're being shared through social media or when people are sending out your press kit, you know, you want your image, you want your your visuals to reflect the content or the position in which you hold that you're trying to, one, get booked for, or two, you want the crowd to already know what you're about before you even say a word. Because again, 80% of communication is nonverbal. So when people look at pictures, look at videos, if they even they put your video on mute, can they tell that you are really confident in what you're saying? Can they see that the crowd is enjoying your high fives and your pointing of the fingers at them and you guys are smiling. So, and even like when you may have on like the coolest, like star Wars or Harry Potter shirt. And it's like, yo, like that's cool. Like he gives a speech and a have like, so there gotta be things that connect with your brand. Like I, again, I'm a, I look at myself as a superhero and I want to be one of the greatest superheroes in the world. And my powers again is me speaking so when I go around the world, I want to be able to, one, make sure that what I wear connects to that culture and let them know that I'm I'm a part of them just as much as they are a part of me and know that like I love what I do and my uniform reflects that. Yeah. And it's respecting the audience by respecting yourself. And it, and it really Correct. shows. All right. So yeah, yeah. This, this third part of the show, I always like to find out what you know and what your experience has been making money. One thing that I really like you just said is your willingness to give back no matter what that 10% of the time, because you have to be realistic that not everybody has the money to afford paying anybody. And so if you have that hard line, you might come across as a little harsh, but this idea of no matter what, even if you're trying to get paid, always dedicate some time back to organizations that have individuals who can really have an impact uh, from your message. So I, I'm going to say that's a, a precursor to this because the idea of monetizing your message, sure, I'm all mm-hmm. for it. But I think that if it, you know, it's always about the mission before the commission. And I think that you exemplify mm. that. And for those people that are just chasing the dollar, I think I think people are going to smell you. Oh, yeah. And so I'm curious, 
your tips or some of your personal experience of how you've gotten from not being known to now people reaching out to you, requesting your speeches all over the world and actually having them pay for the travel, honorarium, all that kind of stuff. What can you share with us? So one thing I can share is that uh, one of the things that I share with you is that if you are going to donate your time to an organization or um, a small business or a group of individuals uh, of your time, um, I think it's important that if you do it pro bono, that you get as many testimonials from the audience as well as a letter from the event coordinator, the director, because it's important that if your content is really good, there should be many, many people that will be able to vouch for that. And it's better for other people to talk about you rather than you talk about yourself. So if you got a website, if you got a social media blog, you take those individuals who submitted like, you know, um, their testimony, whether it be online or they send it to you or email to you post it up. Like you post, you, you highlight what they got out of the, out of your, out of your content, out of your speech. And you also, what is also good is that the individuals who brought you in that probably, uh, couldn't pay for your honorarium, but I always say if they're able, if I do do something pro bono, I always ask if they will be willing to just cover my travel so that way I can get to and from because your time is valuable. So even if they are not able to pay for your fees, but they're able to take care of your travel expenses. Another thing is that uh, it's always good, again, because I've said it before, like the word of mouth. It's important to also, you know, when you, you're responding back and, you know, someone's sending you an email saying, you know, thank you for, for you know, coming out. It really inspired the, the, the group. You should always ask it for a referral. Like, is there two or three people who may benefit from what you have? Because nine times out of ten, again, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So there are directors of various organizations that are connected to each other. If there are organizations that are getting funded by corporations, that be may be a connection to your corporate engagement, which will help you get to whatever gets you, you know, to what you're trying to do. So that's important. And you want to always, always stay connected to I'm, I'm a firm believer in keeping the relationships open. So I always do uh, like once a year, I do like a um, recognition uh, event or mixer for all my clients. So everyone that has booked me for the year of 2017 I invite all the leaders out to come out for brunch with me um, just to say thank you and, you know, let them know what the vision is for 2018, because that way they know if, you know, what you're doing and how they've been a big help to your development and your growth. Because, again, if you're able, relationships are very important, especially no matter if it's, if it's speaking or not, but you want your crowd to grow and you take them along with you. And so, like, for example, like I'm doing Carnegie Hall and the Carnegie Hall is the reason why it's filled up and pretty much sold out is because all these individuals who I've been connected to for over the past 12 years are still with me. And there, and a lot of those individuals who were in high school and college are now running organizations that I couldn't get to when I first started. And they're now the directors of it, which is crazy. Yeah. So being... Which is so now that they've been connected with me, they now have become like, oh, well, I work for such and such on Wall Street. Let me give you I can actually give you access and be able to pay your fee or and it's like and I remember you when you came to my college my freshman year. And it's like, wow, and you're now an executive. So these are like things that people have to be aware of to nurture your followers, be able to constantly 
share content and develop them so that they can grow with you and you can grow with them. Wow, that's super powerful. That idea of a once a year recognition and not only thanking them, but letting them know the vision for 2018. And yes. I think that's very key. One of the things I'll always remember about our first conversation in Portugal was your your passion for the concept of time and mm. this idea that, look, we have limited time here. So we've got X amount of months in the next uh, until yep. the next calendar year. That means there's X amount of days. Take out the yep. weekends, take out this. That means this. So now you've got me thinking to where it's like, oh my gosh, there's an actual countdown. But that yep. consciousness of the fact that there's only a certain amount of time left has really helped me to think of things in buckets, right? What is yeah. left in 2017 and what is coming for 2018? So I, I love that idea of you know, verbalizing. Here is my plan for 2018. And I, I imagine a lot of people just blends together. It's summer, winter, fall, spring, but you know, I commend that and I can feel that element in having an actual yearly event to thank everyone who's already had you on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's important because, you know, again, we, we, like I always said this before, even like with leadership, like we can all claim ourselves to be leaders, but a, you can't be a leader without followers. You know, like it's, it's very important. You can't be a speaker unless there's an audience. And so you have to always appreciate the individuals that took their valuable time to come to a room or come to a camp or come to a classroom to hear our story or hear about our content and, and, and write notes and take value and says, you know what? You are my teacher. You are my orator for this moment. And so, you know, just to be able to stay connected to them and just say, Hey, how are you doing? Like, I see you are implementing this particular method that I, I share with you. It's, it's so amazing. It's beautiful. Like I, I, and it's, and it's important because when you do that, you know, your audience, your followers, your tribe, they will realize that you're being as authentic and you really genuinely want to help them. And so to see someone who started off in high school or college and then, you know, you know, for, for the orators or the speakers that actually got someone that's like the next prime minister or president of their country to be was once a young kid in their in their uh, in their seminar, you know, 20 years down the line, you'd be like, wait a minute, like they're using the quote that I gave them and, and they're quoting you. That's a beautiful thing to to be excited to see and, you know, kind of have a, a great like, you know, just kind of an imagination. Say, well, what if my seminar actually sparked the imagination of a president, of a prime minister, of a Olympian, you know? And so that's that's super awesome to think about and knowing that you may we have the capability to do that as speakers. And I love, love, love. That's three loves. The fact that this is such <laughs> a long term view, like you're you're using words like, you know, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. And I really yeah. think that that if you're in the speaking game and you're trying to rush through this or you're trying to just get paid now, it's not a realistic uh, goal. It's mm -hmm. the power of being in front of someone who's in high school or college now to then, you know, build that relationship over the next 20 years is something that is a really, I think your audience realizes that you're there for the long haul and that that kind of attitude helps you to get these larger honorariums or be sought yep. out for it because you're, you're not going anywhere. Absolutely. And that's the thing because it doesn't come overnight, but <laughs> once you get there, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Talk to me about, you know, any advice on landing international gigs? Because I believe a lot of people still, that's a bucket list, but there might be a lot of mystique or mystery around it. Are there any tips of how to start really seeking for international speaking gigs? Because 
that helps to take speakers to the next level when someone's willing to bring you very, very far from your home base. Oh, yeah. Any any things that you found have worked or that you helped share with people to get them more stage time internationally? Yeah. So uh, for one, it's it's I know like you there are tons of international organizations that cater to a particular topic. So whether it's leadership, entrepreneurship, whether it's, you know, marketing, business, uh, United Nations, anything with global influence, whatever your topic is. You should literally just research and I mean, constantly do research on like pick a country. Like for me, I remember one thing that I did was I went on and people don't, this is funny. People do not use Facebook in all of its full capability. And so you can go on Facebook and literally just, just search, you know, international leadership conferences and just make a list, like just list them all out and, and find out who the event coordinators are and send your, send out your press. Send out your press kit, you know, just send out your information and see, you know, who has the, who's willing to, to take a, a leap on what you have and says, you know, I want to bring you out for us. Like for me, I, that's all I do. I'm all about the research. So I, I search, I pick a country that I haven't been to and I try, I do my research. I, I try to find individuals who I can connect with through social media. We start conversations, we start Skype meetings. And then, you know, I asked them, are there certain organizations that aren't really present on social media or online that really are dynamic and would like to bring me out for whatever reason? And literally the dialogue starts there. It's really that simple. Hmm. You know, it may take it may take time, but like everything is right. It's it's unbelievable. When I when I the what was it? Two years ago was one of my biggest years of traveling. And it was the majority of it was because we did research for two months, just two months for the holiday season, November and December. And all we did was just find all the countries that we wanted to go to. And we said we want to find the organization that dealt with leadership. And we just kind of pitched to them and got all the information. And a lot of them already had their speakers, but they was like, oh, we'll look for you for next year, the following year. And then that next year, it was just a whole, it was just a lot of invites. And some we had to say we can't do because we were already booked for, you know, a whole two weeks in Spain. And then we had to go back to Norway. And, you know, then we went off to Germany to do a film. So it's all about researching, know exactly a topic, find organizations, connect with universities and colleges that are schools that are within that particular area. And if they are your, your core audience, then, you know, reach out to them directly. But you got to know what your, or who your audience is. What's the age demographic? What's the topic? And then see if there's any international organizations that's connected within your country, like whether it's the U.S. and see if that same organization has chapters in other countries. And so that way you can tour with one cut with one organization and do all their chapters in other countries. So you don't even have to really worry about finding five, five organizations or five companies. You can find one organization that has 20 chapters in 20 different countries and see about creating a tour for that or figure out a way to, you know, would they be willing to do a promo tour and they can take care of your travel and expenses so that you can at least do the groundwork, be there for a year and just kind of figure out what, what the lay of the land is, what the culture is like and how they receive you so that the following year you can now go back and, you know, pitch yourself with a, with a, with a pricing or with a fee. Yeah. And what I love about that is it's, it's accessible to anybody who wants to spend the time and effort in doing the research, right? Correct. And it, it definitely is. I always like to say that successful people, they don't do what everybody else cannot do. Successful people do what everyone can do, but not everybody does. And this is a great example mm-hmm. of that. And successful mm-hmm. people being successful international speakers. 
Yes, agreed. And it's the, it's like the same line. It's like what you just said is one I, I always keep in mind is that the great ones took advantage of what people took for granted. And so you look at what you want to achieve and you ask yourself, where am I, where am I and what do I need to achieve it? So it's like literally looking at uh, the last step, the final step, like if it's step 10 and work your way back. If I want to do 20 countries, okay, how do I get to 20 countries? What are those 20 countries? Name them. You know, uh, what, what, what platforms do I want to speak on? Name them. What organizations and companies actually, um, that are focused on that particular platform? Name them. Who are the, the, the individuals who are leading those particular conferences and events? Name them. What are their contacts? Name them. And so it's all about the details, everything. And then once you have, have that, all laid out. The next thing to do is to take your EPK, take your press kit, take your videos, your blogs, and you condense into one simple, effective package and you send it out to everyone at the same time. And then what will be, will be. So whatever comes back to you is the, and that's where you start off. Like if say, Oh, I've pitched to 10, but only two responded. Then you make sure you intensify your work and your actions with those two and you work it from there. But I, it's all about you know, um, knowing your platform and pitching to them. And you'd be surprised. I mean, you know, there's so many tech companies, tech conferences and, you know, all these platforms for everything. So and being that we're in a, we're a, a global generation, a global community, it's so much easier to go out. And it's so exciting to, for someone, no matter what country you're from, to be invited to another country, because what's being being foreign is exciting. You know, when I go to another country from the U.S., they're like, oh, my God, like, I love you when you speak English. And it's like, wow, it's like because you, the American accent is amazing. So, you know, I think that is it's beautiful because you get to exchange stuff. So definitely research, definitely uh, have a, uh, a condensed, like a very simple but effective package. And you send those out. I do think that is important to have videos uh, because when you are speaking, when people are pitching to to about wanting to be want to be a presenter, the first thing event court event planner is going to ask is, do you have any videos? And you want to make sure that your videos are solid. It doesn't have to be extra fancy. It's just they want to see which how you speak and how you present what you're speaking about. And that's that's and it has. I mean, it's that simple. Just have a camera every time you're speaking. Have a camera on you, and you chop up that video to like two minute pieces. And post them, title them something, leadership for the five tips for leadership, you know, seven, seven wisdoms uh, for entrepreneurs. And you just put them out there and then you tag all the entrepreneurship organizations from other countries and magazines. And if it's for if it's some good content with a good uh, video, it will be shared. And somewhere down the line, someone will actually reach out to you and uh, and request you to come out to their country. Raphael, this is a bunch of audio golden just just gold piling out of a bag this is this is amazing yeah just dropping dropping jewels yeah yeah yeah. dropping jewels yeah jewel jewel dropping dropping like it's hot hey well there you go for people who want to learn more about you watch your videos bring you to speak to their organizations where's the best way to contact you uh so best thing to do is go onto my website which is ragord.com that's r-a-h-g-o-r.com and all of my social media is at ragor so again it's at R-A-H-G-O-R. And you'll find all my tour dates. You see my videos. You'll see uh, the tour schedule, how to contact me and all the different projects that will be coming up in about in the next next couple of months and into the new year. 
Awesome. Well, I don't have to tell you to sit down and be humble because you are. And uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> keep that. Keep inspiring. Uh, I'm I'm always excited to keep following your story, and I hope to see you again soon. And keep making a difference, man, because you are teaching the next president. You are teaching the next thought leader, and your message is super inspiring. Don't be the chicken. Be the hawk. <laughs> you know, oh, there you go, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All righty. All right. And that's a wrap. We'll see you at the next World of Speakers podcast.